What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham, and I am joined, as always, with Justin Treese, Doug Anderson, and Riley O'Brien. And we got a lot of things to talk about with you today, but, you know, it's always going to be the same thing, and that's talking football. So let's go ahead and dive right on into this. Um, how you guys been? Been doing good, man. It's nice to have the, the crew back on. When was the last time we had all four of us, at least from the get-go of an episode? It's been a minute. Was it? Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I mean, I have been absent the last two Wednesday or Thursday or whatever episodes, so that's my bad. We, that's in part why we held off on talking about the AFC last week because Austin and Trees had a lot that they wanted to unload, but then they were like, "No, nah, we we got to wait for Doug." So, Doug, it's good to have you back, dude. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what they have to say about the Browns because the entire time I was editing last week, I kept hearing, oh, I have so much I have to say about the Browns. I saw <laughs> shit on Doug's team. <laughs> we might just save the NFC North for last to make sure that everything we have to unload is just saved for the end. Okay. He said NFC. We all know he meant AFC. Did I, I, got, AF, I, I got AFC North. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, you're fine. Trees, what's up with you, man? Nothing much, guys. Just ready to do this, and uh, I'm I'm with you, Austin. We're gonna just have to unload on these uh these Browns that aren't very good. Hey, <laughs> when we talk about the Browns, let me talk first, and then you guys can just unload on me. Gladly. Let's go ahead and get rolling into this. We'll start with Justin in his famous segment right now that we got the Trees Ivia. He was talking it up today. And I'm a little excited about it. I'm probably not going to guess it. I'm not sure any of us are because we don't. But, Trace, let's hear your magic, man. What do you got for us this week? So, this kind of goes off of last week when somebody wanted to tell me that Jalen Ramsey was overhyped and it just started to really eat at me all weekend. Like, some moron that would actually think that. What an idiot. I mean, I'm I'm sure he's actually a pretty smart guy. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think of uh, a guy that just lives in his mom's basement and like asks for meatloaf when I think of somebody like that. But that's just me. All right. Let's... That's that's not me. That's I happily me. live on my own and provide for myself. Let's get that cleared up. But he All does right. love meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never had like a – I can't even answer that. So, Trace, maybe you just don't know me like I thought you did. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I don't. Okay, here's a question for you, Austin. Just because of the whole Jalen Ramsey thing last episode, who are your top two cornerbacks in the NFL? Um, boy, really put me on the spot, huh? Yeah. My top two corners. I do not have that off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Cool. Um. <laughs> I want to say, honestly, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> you you want to know who it is going to be? You're probably going to like it. Are you ready? Yeah. Darius Slay. That's a little specialty for Riley there. Yeah, and then Xavier Rhodes. Patrick, Peters- Patrick yeah. Peterson, I would say, but just because he's a little older. As a Chiefs fan, we'll still have him. I would like to have him. But, yeah, those two guys. With Peterson being third and... Ramsey's just no. I did not say he would be third. I just said that would be my list. Jalen Ramsey. I'm not saying. Oh God, dang! 
Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to have to spend this whole time defending myself on this. I feel like he's an overhyped player. I'm tired of hearing about him, and I'm tired of hearing him run his mouth. And then when he comes game time, he gets burned against every team that he played. Dude, this, 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 this was so Jay, fun to listen to, you, dude. You're, you're getting out of hand with the getting burned every single time. Like Every, every team, that when they played the Bills, they lost to the Bills, did they not? They lost to the Bills. We went over this. He got beat by the safety. He was playing underneath. Like, oh, my God. That is literally oh, like. That's they, what I'm saying. He's overhyped because all he did. Oh, he's mad. He is mad. I'm saying Patrick Mahomes throws the ball. It hits off Travis Kelsey, the second best tight end in the NFL. Hits off, of, best. hits off of his chest and the defense intercepts it. And that's like me being like, yeah, fucking Mahomes can't hit a the side of a barn like he's awful like he's so bad like that's literally what you're saying no what i'm saying is he spent all last offseason talking smack on every yeah. team in the nfl correct and when it came down to it they lost to the bills josh he said josh allen was trash josh allen came out and as a team the buffalo bills beat the jacksonville jaguars correct. so in turn i would say josh allen is not trash who else did he – Tyree Kill said he really wasn't very good. No he, didn't. no, he didn't. No, he said he said he wasn't an all-pro wide receiver the year before, which was he or was he not? Oh, I yeah. know he, he said he did because he didn't go to the Pro Bowl as a wide receiver. That was his issue. No, because he went to the Pro Bowl as a kick returner. That was what he said. Yeah, because somebody said he was an all-pro wide receiver, which he's not. He wasn't. He is. He wasn't. He, Two years ago, he was not an all-pro wide receiver. Very close to being one. Oh, okay. So now we're talking about closeness. Okay, cool. So they were close. <laughs> they, were, they were close to beating the Bills, though. The Jaguars were close to beating the Bills, so that means. But that they didn't they do it. Oh, and and Tyreek Hill wasn't an all-pro wide receiver. He this is. Was, no, he wasn't. He is now. That's what, exactly what I'm what saying. He, what he's done is run his mouth. <laughs> Okay, we're good. We're good, everybody. No, we're not. All he did is run his mouth, and then it came back against him. So, yes, he's overhyped. Just he shut up and play, bro. Stop running your mouth to eventually just have everyone come at you. That's Dude, putting a target on your back for no reason. He's all for it, though. He's all for letting it be a target on his back. That's his mentality. All right. He's good with okay. it. He's good I with will, it. He I ate love his, every second of this. He, he ate his words, too. He was like, yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. Other people and what's he doing this offseason? Not talking. Not yet. I mean, he wasn't talking last year either until he got paid to, by GQ to do an interview. Okay, it's all right. When he's all pro this year and you you get to tell me how he's not that good, it's going to be fine. Okay, all right. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. Um, everybody, that goes into the segment. Um, <laughs> I got two cornerbacks. I'm going to tell you their stats. I want you to guess who they are. Who they are. Okay. So, this cornerback has 300 – sorry, he was drafted in 2010. He has 460 tackles, 22 interceptions, 119 pass defenses, and five forced fumbles. The next cornerback was drafted in 2011, so one year later, has 385 tackles, so that would be 75 less, uh, 23 interceptions, so one interception more, 
76 pass defense, so that's like 25, 30, 45, 45 less, and one forced fumble, so four less forced fumbles. Who do you think these players are? Is one of them a McCordy? No. Mm. I legit thought Doug would know Wait, one. Wait, Joe Hayden. One is Joe Hayden. Yeah, he was in 2010. That's right. Yep. So 2010. So he was the one with 460 tackles, 22 interceptions, 19 pass defenses, and five forced fumbles. And the next one is Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Peterson. I almost said Mahomes because I'm looking at Austin. Patrick Peterson. Thanks for not letting me guess that. So I was getting ready to. Shut the fuck up. I give you my word. I swear on my life. I am looking at a picture of him right now. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I'm sorry. I should have let you guess it. But you You, you should have. You guys sat there for 35 seconds in silence. I do love You that. were talking. In retrospect, <laughs> really fired up today, man. <laughs> I am. I need to calm down. And I want to redo my top corners because it was an absurd top 2. No. It's it is what it is, bro. That's what Nope. We... If you were to redo your top 2 corners, who would they be? Is it Stefan Gilmore? Yep. Okay. And then Byron Jones from Dallas. Cool. All right. That's better. <clears throat> with, Jay- with Jalen Ramsey coming as like a top six. Cool. That's a, that's a joke. I know you're mad. No, I, I legit hope everybody in the NFL thinks that so he's cheaper when it comes to contract time. So I hope everybody's not as smart just like you. What if he doesn't come back? To Jacksonville? Yeah, what if he goes to the Chiefs? Then he does. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he'd want to live in Kansas City. Why? Because he. I think he really wants to either stay in Florida, go to L.A., or go to Tennessee, where he's from. All right. I guess that's fair. So, I will support him no matter where he goes. So if he go if he does miraculously end up on the Kansas City Chiefs, which I doubt because he's going to get paid and the Chiefs probably will not have the room for it at that time. Yeah. W- would you be a fan of him if he does hypothetically yeah. land? I'll be a fan of him wherever he goes. Um, the only one that would be tough for me to swallow would be if he went to the Titans. Because that's in the same division. Treese is not yeah. a fan of the Titans, as I think everyone knows that by now. Yeah. So um, I mean. And in all reality, like my favorite player is probably not coming back to them next year, and that's Miles Jack. He, in all reality, he's going to be gone. What makes you say that? Because they don't have the cap space. They're going to have to pay. So they have to choose. They have three guys that they have to pay, and I think they can only pay two of them. They have Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, Miles Jack. I think that they have to choose one to let walk away. Are they both getting like super deals? Or Yannick, all three of them? Yannick and Jalen are going to be the highest paid probably in each position. Wow. And Miles Jack won't be, but, I mean, when you're paying two guys that type of money, plus you're still, and you're paying like Nick Foles, kind of is what it is. So, Therese, yeah. Something I wanted to ask you, because I, and I know I've mentioned it on one of the previous episodes, but the draft when they got Yannick Ngakwe, and you were telling me like that night, I think he's going to lead the team in sacks this year. And he's a third round pick, right? Correct. 
So, and the year before, they had just gotten Dante Fowler. Correct. What was it about uh, Yannick that made you, what did you see in him that gave you that feeling? Was it the roster, the, the scheme he was fit, or the way he was going to fit with the roster, or what was it about his game that gave you so much confidence in him? His bend was unbelievable. I, I remember watching games, and he was dominating all of these linemen that went in the top first round. Like uh, Jack Coughlin out of yeah. Michigan State, who went to the Titans. Like He was like the, I don't remember, 15th, 20th pick, somewhere in that. And he dominated him. And there was videos of him dominating other awesome linemen. And just the speed that he had around the edge, I just thought was awesome. So I just, I was all for them taking him in second round. Obviously not when I saw Jack falling down, but yeah, um, I was all for them taking him in the second round. Cool. Good stuff. Doug, how you feeling, man? Good, because while they were talking about their whole stuff, it made me reminisce on Joe Hayden and how sad I am that he never got to, him and Joe Thomas, they just never got to embrace anything that was good until they, well, I mean, Joe Hayden left, and now he's on the Steelers, so he's fine, but Joe Thomas never really got to, so that's, uh, it's just reminiscent, you know, about great players that were unfortunately on the Browns. (laughs) Yeah, I saw uh, Joe Hayden had sent out a tweet saying something about getting his jersey in the Steelers pro shop. Did the Browns at least sell his jersey? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of the like top-selling jerseys for a long time when he was on the team, and then they couldn't find a trade partner, and the Browns cut him, but it's whatever. He yeah. was injured for back-to-back years, though, and you were paying him. Oh, he was. Like, you, had to, you had to make the they, business decision. They couldn't afford him, especially after who they drafted that year anyways. So, I mean, you, they're planning for the future at that point with Miles Garrett, um, Jabril at the time, but Jabril's not a Brown anymore, so... Yeah, we've we've fucking heard. We know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get this started. We'll start out with the AFC East. Let's get the boring one out of the way. Patriots. Austin, what's success for them? Keeping Tom Brady healthy, making sure that their defense um, can remain competitive. report came out today that Bill Belichick has decided to roll as the defensive coordinator and head coach calling the defensive plays for the team. I don't know if that would be a distraction. I don't remember the last time that he did do that. Um, for them to remain successful, it's just continuing to be the Patriots, keeping Brady healthy because you don't have a backup app at this point, and your defense is going to have a new look without Brian Flores there anymore. Where did yeah. he go, Brian Flores? Where did he go? Miami. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's the Patriots. Just make it to the Super Bowl somehow every year. That's about it. Keep Brady healthy, dominant on defense. Keep the McCordy twins happy. They'll do what they can for you. So there's it's the freaking Patriots. I don't know what else to say. For me, I think success is them getting to the AFC Championship game and losing. Because Tom Brady will be so mad that he'll come back another year. So, like, as a, as a Patriots fan, you then you know you get Brady for two more years. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a, that is a very solid point. I really do like that. Because that means someone else from the AFC is finally in the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And hopefully it's us, the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we got the Jets next. The New York Jets. 
I mean, for me, if they could pull off a 500 season, that'd be pretty successful. Have Sam Darnold, you know, develop even more. Um, they built up their offense a little bit more for him. Their defense, of course, is I love their defense, especially Jamal Adams. So really, if they can just have a developmental year, eight and eight, that would be really successful for them, especially for Sam Darnold, just to build up his confidence and show that he can play, which he's a good quarterback. He just needs to keep developing, getting better. Absolutely, and I agree with that 100%. This whole next year is getting Darnold comfortable in his second year in the NFL, allowing Le'Veon Bell to kind of get back in the flow of things, allow their defense to be you know, kind of synchronized. They've added pieces along the defensive line and their linebackers, of course, with free agency signing that they had. So this next season is just kind of getting everyone a culture, getting your head coach, you know, Adam Gase, and custom into the city with the media, all that. I know that sounds just like small, weird things that you don't think about, but you don't just jump into a spot brand new and then just hit the ground running. You know what I mean? You're going to stumble a little bit, and that's what this year is. And then next year you'll plan on competing for the division with the team that I think we will talk about here next. But, Trees, what are your thoughts on them being successful for the year? For me, I think it's, since they're a younger team in a lot of areas, it's winning the close games. Like, if they get blown out some games, it is what it is. But getting that confidence of winning the close games so next year you can take that next step and then don't get blown out. And so when you're in close games, you know how to win those games. So, again, I'm with you guys. I don't see the Jets making the playoffs this year. I see them probably in the 7-9 to nine range. But if you're winning close games, you're going to have that confidence going into the next year. Yeah, and just in regards to our good friend of the show, guys, shouts us out a bunch, Matt Pamara. That's mostly directed for you. Um, one thing I'm excited for also is to seeing Quinn and Williams, who might just soon start to be a fan favorite, regardless of the team. Um, cause he kind of looked like he was a little, uh, uh, fan shocked in a way when he got to meet all of his, all of his teammates now that he's looked up to his players. So really, man, expect a developmental year. That'd be success. If they go three and 13, oh, worry a little bit, but eight and eight at best is pretty good for them. Hey, I want to ask here, because, Treese, you've made it clear that you like Sam Darnold the best out of that quarterback draft class, right? From last year's, yeah. Yeah. Austin, just real quick, Baker or Sam Darnold for you? Oh, man. Try to make me the bad guy here. Um, no, it's just preference. Yeah, I, I mean, they're both able to make plays, and they both showed that last year. Long term, I think it's probably going to be Baker just due to the fact that he already has weapons around him to kind of help him be successful in the NFL. You know, and I've said this before, I don't think he'll ever be deemed the guy or the face of the NFL with as much talent that he does have around him. But if he continues to make plays on his own and lead the team, then he very well could be. Sam Darnold, right now, he's just in a position of needing more time to kind of get those weapons and allow his team to develop around him instead of kind of being put in a good position like Baker was last year. Yeah, I think Baker's going to put up better stats because he has better weapons around him. I also, I mean, back to the draft last year, Sam Darnold was my number one. Um, 
I just think that it always depends on team and just like you guys said, situation that you get put in. I feel like if Sam Darnold would have been put in the same situation as Baker, it would have just been another bust just because of the Browns' history and what was happening with them at the moment. And the only reason Baker was the perfect pick for Cleveland was his attitude. Well, that, in a sense, he's kind of been in those situations before. You know what I mean? He's been in the positions of fighting for everything you have. And I'm not saying Darnold hasn't done that. But, I mean, Baker was a walk-on in college, did it at Tech, went to Oklahoma and did it, and then he was the first pick in the NFL draft. I mean, that dude knows what it's like to fight, you know, and get everything. And so, for him, that's something that he will know how to do and show and represent and lead with in Cleveland. And that's ultimately what the Browns needed. Oh, yeah. They needed someone that wasn't scared or didn't have the mentality of, oh, it's the Browns. They needed to have the same mentality that John Dorsey had for him, which was Awake the Sleeping Giant, which was his whole thing two years ago when he first got hired on. So, yeah, but in regards to Sam over Baker, situational, but Sam was my first last year. For sure. All right. Buffalo Bills, Austin, we spoke about them last episode a little bit. What are you thinking on them? They are in a position to compete for the AFC East this year with the Patriots. Now, it's not going to come down to like a one or two game, but they will be the team that places second in the division just because they have been in that developmental stage already with their defense, their front office, their coaching staff. And now it's just getting everything going on the offensive side of the ball and keeping guys healthy and protecting your quarterback, Josh Allen. If he can get rolling and hit these receivers, the new ones that he's got, the speedsters, and then they can have someone just step up and be, you know, kind of the unseen guy for the wide receiver core, they can very well be a team that is feared in a way across the NFL because it's we have to play Buffalo. They're a tough dog fighting type team instead of and it's Buffalo, it's the other team in New York, we're fine. So for me, for them to be successful, it's to continue to compete in the AFC East and make sure that you're continuing to take steps forward instead of backwards. I mean, yeah. The We're just now going to the next quarterback that was last year was um, Josh Allen. Protect him, keep him healthy, develop him more. Uh, I mean, dude, everybody knows has an arm. Just his accuracy has always been the thing. Um, dude, <laughs> he jumped over Anthony Barr last year. I about lost my shit, though. I was like, holy hell, this dude's got some legs, too. So keep developing him, get him a little bit better. I think it'll be between the Jets and the Bills when it comes to who's taking second in the AFC East. Um, but just keep developing. There's so many quarterbacks that need to just keep going. I mean, we're going to talk about another one next. Um, but... And in regards to a record, I don't know, eight and eight or nine and seven. But even then, I don't know. Yeah. Austin, I'm glad that I convinced you that the Bills were the better choice over the Jets. Like, I, I, I liked walking you through that process last episode. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> but thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, how about this? The Bills make it as the sixth seed. In the playoffs this year. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's a hot take. Bow, bow, bow. I mean, they're the they had the number two overall defense last year, and, and I don't think it's that hot of a take. Um, 
Number two overall defense last year. They got more weapons. They brought in multiple running backs, so they don't have to rely on Shady McCoy. And I think that Allen does improve a little bit, and that's all they really need. I mean, the way he was playing the last like five or six weeks of the season, if he plays like that the, the entire year, I think you're good. So I think they'll be probably the sixth six seed in the <coughs> in the wild card. Do they play Jacksonville this year? No. Ooh, you're lucky. I wish. That's an automatic L for you guys. To make yeah, sure kinda, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, kind of like kind of like week one with the Chiefs. Um, so <laughs> I forgot about that. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I was thinking well, about that the other day and by the other day, I mean, literally this afternoon. I don't know why I said the other day. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you think Austin, if Patrick Mahomes ended up with say 35 touchdowns, 4,400 yards and 15 interceptions this year? I mean, I'd be happy with that. I can't fully expect him to come in and throw another 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Yeah. I just think that last year it was a shock, but at the same time, he did leave a lot of touchdowns on the field last season. And with Andy Reid getting another year of creating a new playbook for him, you know, I've said this twice and I'll say it a third time here. He has a whole deck of index cards that are just his pat plays. Yeah, like that's huge for the Chiefs. And every time they've started a season, you see something new. They did it two years ago against the Patriots. They did it last year against the Chargers. Cannot wait to see what they do here against Jacksonville. And I'm not just saying it in a way of being sarcastic towards you. I just I am because Andy Reid knows he's playing a good defense. They play that cover three, you know, that's famous from Seattle that was created there. And so, in a sense, it's going to be a good game. I know Jacksonville is going to come out fighting and with their new offense and their quarterback. Andy Reid has seen Nick Foles. He's coached Nick Foles. So I'm I'm excited, man. I cannot wait for that season to start. And we're going to have to find something to bet money-wise because I'm not doing anything to my face for that game. That's fine. No, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I, I'm actually excited for it as well because of that purpose. And the Jags have already said that they're going to be mixing in 3-4 defense as well to get away from just their normal 4-3. And so that was another reason why they loved this year's Josh Allen, like the one they drafted Josh Allen. Um, so I'm excited for it. I think that that'll throw a, a wrinkle in that let's see how Mahomes like, prepares for that on something he hasn't seen from that defense, you know? So I, I, I as we get closer and closer, we're getting, I'm getting more excited. I, I said this fucking two months ago. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to bet now, but come August, I'll be the stupid one betting. And here I am. It's it's almost June and I'm already there. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, you're All not right. alone this time. Yeah, there we go. Uh, who do we have left? Oh, the Dolphins. Let's talk about the Dolphins real quick. I'll start it off. Um, I don't think they're going to be good. I think that they're going to say, okay, we gave it a shot with the third round pick to get Rosen. I don't think Rosen's going to be the guy. I think that they're going to recognize that he's not the guy and they're going to be going. That's my dogs, everybody. Um, and we're going to be going after a quarterback early in the draft. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Don't get me wrong. I like Josh Rosen. However, not many quarterbacks, especially young like him can bounce back from what he's faced. Um, He's an okay player. Don't like him as a person. His personality somewhat just gets on my nerves. I don't know what it is about the guy, but he does. Really, I see them taking last in this division. I don't 
no success for them, except don't let a bunch of your players get hurt. That's pretty much it. Don't here we go. Don't uh, don't lose every single game. Like get a couple wins. That's success. <laughs> um, as Jesus would famously say, I would absolutely one hundred percent disagree. <laughs> Just due to the fact that Josh Rosen's coming in pissed off, and he's gonna light it up. I think he's gonna win that competition in Miami. I think he's gonna come out firing. Miami does have offensive weapons and Ryan Grant and Albert Wilson and their running backs. They are decently set on the offensive side of the ball. They drafted a tight end last year out of Penn State. Mike Geske. We've gone over this name before. Geske. Yeah, we've already discovered that I can't pronounce it either. But they, I mean, you know, they, they have those guys. And so right now getting Josh Rosen. If you have to give up a third round for a potential franchise quarterback that was there for another franchise team and they just decided to give him away, that's that's a win for Miami. And that's could be the biggest win of them building this team again with their new head coach. And guess what? He's a defensive guy, and he sees that their offense is fine with Josh Rosen coming in and their offensive weapons that they have, and all they have to do is build their offensive line along with it. His defense built. And they very well could be competing in the AFC East in about three or four years once Tom Brady's retired and the Patriots are rebuilding with hopefully a not good quarterback at at that time. But a success this year is continuing to build off of that and taking the right steps forward. So if you can get five or six wins this season, that's progress for them. And that's those are huge steps going in the right direction for that franchise. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cornerbacks, going back to our earlier topic, um, Xavier Howard, their cornerback who got paid this weekend, I would have him as a top three or four cornerback in the NFL. He is awesome. Oh yeah. Yep. And they and they paid a top corner. Yep. Similar to what they do in New England, they only pay about three guys: one on offense, one on defense, and then one for special teams. And that defensive guy that they signed was Stephon Gilmore. Maybe you oh. got that guy right there. Absolutely. I mean, and they got Minka Fitzpatrick already back there. Like, that's a good that's a good duo with those two. Absolutely. All right, let's move over to the AFC South. Should we go AFC South? Let's, let's do get it. it. All right, cool. Let's start out with the dog shit Titans. What do you guys got for those guys? So I'll go ahead and get us started here with the Titans. Um, the dog shit Titans, according to Trees. But I do not think they're the dog shit Titans. I think they're a team that needs to figure out what they're going to do in the future at the quarterback position. You've had Mariota for three years. This is his fourth, I believe, correct? Yes. So, four years, three different offensive coordinators. Help this guy out. You need to get him some consistency. It reminds me of Alex Smith. People wondered why he did not work out in San Francisco. He didn't have anything consistent. Then you go to Kansas City. Huh. You kind of start to see better each year. Kind of looking like a guy for another franchise, and that's what Washington saw, and they ultimately made that trade. They need to figure that out in Tennessee. Who's your quarterback? Your defense is getting solid. You finally got another possible weapon at wide receiver with A.J. Brown in the second round. Your team's going in the right direction, but you need to figure out who is going to be the leader of that team. And that generally starts at the position of the quarterback, the guy who's going to touch the ball every single play unless you go crazy and do wildcat. But 
figure that out. Stay consistent. Continue to build your team. Get eight, nine wins this year. Compete in that division against the Jaguars. Man, that's a tough division. They might place last in that division. But I'm figure it's because you don't have anything consistent on the offensive side of the ball with your quarterback and the guy that's calling in plays to him. So get that figured out, and there's your success. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited. I love their uh, head coach, Mike Vrabel. Um, I love watching him working one-on-one. I don't know if you guys saw that video with DeAndre Walker. Um, love that. Very, He's definitely a player's kind of guy. Um, going 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, and seven would be huge for them. Even though 9-7 and seven is what they went last year, when you're trying to figure out who your quarterback's going to be and you can pull off a 500 or 500-plus season, you're going in the right direction. That means everywhere else is built. You just need a better quarterback. Um, I think the Titans are a solid team. I really do. Defensively, they're tough as hell. Um, Mariota can be just so hard to stop with his running ability. Obviously, last year was difficult with the nerve issue in his hand that like, he just couldn't throw the ball. I think that they need – and I, I'm. it's weird because they're in my, my team's division, but I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is now. But – they need to be, to me, I think that they need to learn how to spread it out more, and that'll make Derrick Henry more effective when you have everything out. You get duos on each side where you can then not have as many guys in the box and you get Henry to go downhill, and even Lewis. Lewis is a good runner. So I could see I could see this team doing very well, but also I could see them trying to go old school and trying to just ground and pound it and then it just not working out kind of like what the Jags did last year. So I'm going to say that that's actually what happens. And like Austin said, this is a very tough division. I think that they're going to just lose games that they play well in, but just because they're playing tough teams. So I think that they go six and 10, but seven, yeah, six, and 10, I'll go six and 10. But I also could see them almost winning this division if they end up spreading it out with the new offensive coordinator. Isn't uh, their offensive coordinator Mike Vrabel, isn't it? No. Doesn't he just stay? He's not their offensive coordinator? He, it's Arthur Smith. They promoted gotcha. from within. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to the stupid-ass Houston Texans. <laughs> Who's got something good to say about a stupid team like that? I do, because they're going to be the team that potentially wins that division. Hot take. Bow, bow, bow. They need to stay healthy on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to say that due to the fact that hurt every year, and last year they lost a lot of players. They lost their interior defensive line, and they lost their linebackers. Their secondary wasn't as good. They dealt with injuries as well. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't have an offensive line. They fixed that in the draft. They We all know they have offensive weapons. Deontay Foreman's coming back from an injury last year that he suffered in camp and now all you have to do is make sure that Deshaun Watson stays healthy and that starts at your offensive line you keep them in check you keep building up on that then your defense is healthy they're looking like a pretty scary team because Deshaun Watson is a heck of a playmaker and they're just gonna so for them to be successful there it is I think they're a 10 and 6 11 and 5 type team fighting to win that division against Indianapolis Colts Trees, what are your thoughts man yeah, I can't. I can't really argue there. Last year they were the team. Like everybody was talking about how good 
uh, Kansas City and the Rams were when they were both undefeated when they were playing. But slowly and under the radar, Houston had won like 10 games in a row. They had just lost like week one and then kept winning. So um, this team is unbelievable. They got talent everywhere. Um, your hot take isn't too hot takey considering they won the division last year. So you're just saying that this team's going to repeat. But um, I think that I do think that they probably I, I can't say they win because I still think the Colts win that division. But I do I do think that they take second in this division. And I mean, like you said, Deshaun Watson is a freak, man. He is so good. Like if he had the if he had an offensive line like any of these other star quarterbacks, I mean he'd be putting up the numbers that they are. I mean he already almost is with the shitty line that he has. Hopkins is unbelievable. They're gonna get Fuller back. Like you said, Foreman's gonna come in, and they also got and I can't think of his name right now. The Michigan running back as an undrafted free agent this year. And I think he's going to be sneaky good. I could see him um, stealing some carries away from uh, Lamar Miller. So, um, yeah, I mean, the question is, is do they end up keeping Jadavion Clowney? I mean, since the draft is passed, do you think that they would at this point? But he hasn't signed his tenure, so I don't know what what's happening there. My main worry would be their defensive backs. I just don't know if they have the talent back there to compete with the Colts wide receivers. Doug, what do you think? Um, I think they don't win the division. They'll be a close second. Um, protect Watson, keep him upright. Don't let him go down with another injury because, I mean, right now he's just freaking balling out. Don't let your franchise quarterback go down with an injury. Make the playoffs. Uh, win a playoff game or two, see how far you can get, but just make the playoffs. That'd be a successful season for the Texans. I think, and they love Bill O'Brien, but I think if they don't make it to the AFC Championship, they'll fire him, even if they make the playoffs. I think it's I think it's time. Like you've you've now had your quarterback, you had these stud defensive players, you have you know these offensive weapons. Like there's no excuses at this point. All right. Um, let's talk about the, I can't say anything bad about the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Are you all right? I've never, I've even for how badly they've just dominated this division. I've never had that hatred for the Colts. Like I have the Titans and Texans and maybe it's just because the Colts were always just so good that everybody else was fighting for second place for so many years behind Peyton Manning (laughs) that like, all of us were just beating up each other as the Colts were just dominating everyone. Yeah, with the Colts, dude, they just they're just good. Like they didn't even have to do that much this offseason to improve because I don't they just didn't have much to improve. I mean, they have my favorite lineman. I love Quentin Nelson. Um, good player, but also he's just a good dude. And Andrew Luck is like the most polite quarterback in the NFL that it's hard to even hate the guy. Like, how great would it be? have uh, Andrew Luck and Larry Fitzgerald on the same team, just at a presser, just asking them questions, seeing how their day is going. Just hang out with them, even. Oh, shit. But no, the Colts, make it to the playoffs, make a deep run to the playoffs, AFC Championship even to be successful. Just keep Andrew healthy. Don't let him get hurt. 100% agree with what Doug just said. Um, (laughs) Success this year is winning the division. 
and being the other team that's competing in the AFC Championship game with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think one of them beats the Patriots ending their season early. So for them, you have to reach the AFC Championship game or you know, make it known that you are a threat to the AFC more than you are now. You know, they got a tough schedule lined ahead. They play the Chiefs early in the year. You know, the AFC South is becoming a tough division. The entire AFC is. I'm not sure what other division you guys are playing this year, Therese, for the AFC South. But the NFL entire is just starting to build in the teams that you have no idea who's going to be successful year in and year out right now due to the amount of injuries that can take place and a team just falling apart or getting on a run and just carrying it on from there. But to get myself back on track here, the Colts make a deep rush to the playoffs, stay healthy, get more than one weapon besides T.Y. Hilton on the offensive side of the ball. Your defense is set, keep luck healthy, and you guys are good to go. I like it, guys. Uh, I would say success is for them to learn how to score a point in Jacksonville because uh, they just get shut out every time they, they go to Duval County and and lose, you know, because that defense is just so fucking good that Andrew Luck can't even score. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <clears throat> you done talking yet? Yeah, I am. No, for real, uh, AFC South champs, obviously, AFC championship game for sure i would say anything short of a super bowl is not success for them there we go cool uh let's talk about the jacks i was actually gonna say something about how you were having a little fangirl moment again with the jacks because of their defense must be talking about them sometime soon yep exactly so let's talk about them let's talk about (laughs) those jacksonville jaguars austin since you only have negative things to say about them won't you kick us off all righty, here we go. Jacksonville Jaguars. Get a new corner because Jalen Ramsey's awful. <laughs> I didn't even say his last name right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Jalen Ramley. Get a, get a new one. No. For the Jaguars, honestly, I think it's competing to win the division against the Colts and the Texans. Get your offense rolling. You have weapons. You kind of got your tight end there. Trees, who is your guys' tight end? Josh Oliver. Okay. You kind of got a tight end there. Not really. Your defense, we already know about it outside of one corner position, who has inarguably been one of the best corners in the NFL. I'll say it. I've been giving Teresa a hard time lately just because I don't know who else is going to be the best corner in the league. When he asked me earlier, it was so hard for me not to just go Jalen Ramsley and be like, shit, uh, just kidding. But, it is what it is. I like the Jags. I honestly kind of always have. So when they play the Chiefs, I've always made sure to get down there for a game, especially since I've started going. So the last two times that they've played in Kansas City, I have been there to watch them. But you have your quarterback. You have your wide receivers. You have a running back. Your offensive line just got better in the draft. Go win that division and continue to compete. And, Therese, this might be the one time I just give you nothing but praise for your team because you guys are – one step away, and that was the quarterback. I just hope you're not two years late. For sure. Uh, for me, it's it's getting a wild card spot. It's it's getting back into the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to be able to win that division. Obviously, I, yeah, I hope so. But I think in reality, it's going to be fighting for that wild card spot and 
making that run. They they know what it's like to make a run in the playoffs, and I think that they can do it. And I think that this defense, if they start winning games early, they're going to get that swagger back that they had two years ago, and it's going to be hard to stop. Like it's it's like a train, and you're not stopping it once it once it's rolling. I think that the biggest thing for me is I need Jalen Ramsey and I need Miles Jack. I need and I need Ngakwe to start wearing those the visors again because they didn't wear them last year, and I felt they that that's what lost a little bit of that swag, that mentality of look good, play good type thing. And I mean. They just look more intimidating when they're all wearing Like, they had the whole team basically wearing them, and it was awesome. And they didn't wear them last year, and I always thought that was weird why they changed it up. But, I mean, we haven't even talked about this yet, but losing Telvin Smith is a big loss. It is a big loss for this defense, and I'm very curious to see what happens. I mean, everybody knows that that Quincy Williams pick in the third round was a reach. They better fucking hope they were right because he's now playing a lot. And um, for me, I'm I'm for like players if they need a break, take the break, be healthy and stuff like that. So I have no like animosity for a player that, in a sense, quit on your team because like it's a mental thing. Um, but I am super curious on how it affects the salary cap for them because I mean you'd think that like. Okay, it's kind of like retirement where the contract just goes on hold and you just pay them that much the following year. Um, which, if that's what it is, good because they need that extra like seven or eight million that they're paying Telvin to go towards Yanni Kangakwe. Yanni Kangakwe is now holding out because um, he wants to get paid. So he came to the first part of OTAs and just hasn't been since. And I think that having that extra money for just like guaranteed money would be huge for that and getting him into camp so um success is getting yannick locked down before the season starts making a run getting into the playoffs yeah i just i want it to be really good shootout between the texans and the jags for that second place spot the last place i want to see the jags in that division is last place like last year Build up, keep building up on success. Show that Foles is a starting quarterback, not just a backup for when Wentz gets hurt and then he shows up. Um, just get second place. Whether or not, I mean, the wild card spot, hopefully everything else plays that way and you guys do make the playoffs or the Jacks do make the playoffs, but just get second place in that division. That would be the perfect amount of success. Treese, I got a, a quick question for you here. Ngakwe, do you think he's holding out due to, I mean, he's, here, let me rephrase this here, sorry. You said he's holding out. They haven't really started camp, so he's not holding out in a sense, he's just holding not out. there. It was the wrong word. Hold, he's not holding out because it's voluntary. Yeah, but no, 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 I, I get you. Yeah. But he's not there at OTAs, right? No longer. He was, he actually was before the draft, and then he wasn't after the draft. Okay, so here's my question. Chris Jones hasn't been at the Chiefs' OTAs either. Do you think they're both waiting on the other one to sign the contract first for negotiation purposes on their own? Could be. And for me, I'm telling the Jags, sign it now because more and more defensive ends are getting paid and it's just getting up higher and higher. Like, just just bite the bullet now because it's only going to get worse. 
I mean, like you had Lawrence and then you had Frank Clark and you know that um, Jadavion Clowney's coming up. Like, just get it, get it out of the way. I mean, if you can, tr- if you can find a way to get more guaranteed money in at the start, and then kind of do what actually what the Lions did with uh, fla- Flowers is more guaranteed money, have small salary the first year or two, and then backload the deal so he's getting paid a shit ton the last couple of years. That would be ideal for the Jags because they still got one more year of Calais Campbell. So if he if Yannick's getting paid a little bit next year so you can keep Calais for one more year and then he's gone and then it's just basically like okay you're swapping Calais's money with Yannick's money so but I agree with you I think that those two are probably very thinking okay these two are going to get paid a shit ton like who's getting paid first um Yannick his stats are unbelievable compared to a lot of other cornerbacks he he nobody talks about him just because he's probably in Jacksonville but I mean he he leads the league in like forced fumble strip sacks since he's been in the NFL by a large margin. Awesome. I love it. Where are we heading to next, boys? Your division. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get it started with the Denver Broncos then. Um not a very busy offseason, but there were some big changes. Last offseason, you went and got Case Keenum. This offseason, you trade him away. Then you trade for Joe Flacco. Stat-wise, they are very similar type players. Performance-wise, they are not in the sense that Joe Flacco has a stronger arm. And as John Elway has said you know, before, he will make a defense cover every blade of grass because he has the ability to put the ball wherever. And that was something that he struggled with in Baltimore was his lack of wide receivers. Here in Denver, he has them. And he has a tight end, and he has a rebuilding offensive line with a running back that showed out last year and a defense that's kind of getting older but still has some young talent. They don't have much of a secondary right now, but their pass rush, that's dangerous. For the Broncos, you are also in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs, yours truly, and then the Los Angeles Chargers and the Oakland Raiders who have just rebuilt their entire offense from what it was a year ago. For you to be successful in the AFC West and not place last, which would not be considered a failure if you do just due to the amount of change in talent in that conference or in division alone, you at least get eight wins. Stay competitive against the Chiefs. You almost had them last year. Stay competitive against the Chargers. I think you did have them last year. And the Raiders, find a way to beat them. Crush the Raiders early so they don't have much left at the end. So for the Broncos, stay healthy. Let Joe Flacco experience two good wide receivers with young tight ends coming off the injury. And then just go after it. Find out your new identity and what direction you're heading in. If Joe Flacco turns out to not be the guy through the year, give Drew Locke a chance. Or if you had a sense on that he's not going to play, stick with it. No matter what happens with Flacco, you ride it out knowing that Locke is your future for next year from there on out. Yeah, with the Broncos, just do your best to not get into last place. Um, win five, seven games. Um, stay away from the Raiders. Start out strong early just to try and build momentum. Let Drew Locke learn a little bit from Flacco. I mean, Flacco, same thing again as he did last year. 
he comes out and he says, it's not my job to be a mentor, which, it's, I mean, technically it's really not. It's his job to be a quarterback. Um, but just don't be a prick about it. Be a classy guy, which he is. And Lamar honestly never had anything bad to say about him either when he was at the Ravens. So just do your best as a team. Build your offensive line to where they're going to be the strength of that team for a long time, whatever quarterback takes over under center. Um, our guy, our uh, guy Dalton Reisner, he's holding it down for him. Hopefully he shows out a, bu- a bunch this year too. So success for for me, for the Broncos, is having Dalton just be the best player on that line. And that's very possible. I think he, he might win MVP this year, right, Doug? <laughs> hey, what what what's what has a higher possibility of happening, do you guys think? Uh, Drew Locke proving that he's a franchise quarterback or people saying, okay, this is why he was passed on and became a second-round pick? Your gut feeling as of today. My gut feeling is we don't know because Drew Locke doesn't play a snap next year. Good answer. Cool. Yeah, I got nothing with that. I mean, it's a good question. It definitely makes you think. I mean, Flacco goes down or something happens. I mean, they got Kevin Hogan there, too. That's a backup. And Brett Rippian. We'll see who stays on the roster uh, come the season. But uh, I don't know. It's such an unknown with Drew Locke right now. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's, I mean, they got to just try to compete here because you have Vaughn Miller and you you don't want to just waste these years. You can't be in this mode of like, oh, we can just wait another year or two for a quarterback. When you have like a special edge rusher like that, you got to do whatever you can to make that run. I think that's what they're trying to do with Flacco. Honestly, I think that's why they brought him in is because they thought they could do something like Austin said, they have a lot of good young wide receivers and tight ends and running backs. I mean, I think they're going to try to make this a solid run. And I honestly would not be surprised if they went eight and eight. Um, that's me. Let's go. With, let's go to the Raiders and I'll just kick us off since I'm already going. Um, Raiders, it's you need to just decide and figure out. I mean, I, I felt like he kind of decided by not drafting a quarterback, but Derek Carr, you need to see, like, is he the Derek Carr that almost won the MVP a few years ago and you paid the big money to, or is he just another guy? And I know he had an awesome year last year that nobody's talking about, but it still wasn't good enough t- for wins. And obviously, they brought in a ton of offensive talent trying to rebuild that defense. So obviously, kind of like the Browns, everybody's hyped up on them, thinking that they're going to do well. And honestly, I see them taking last in this division. See, for me, I I want to see them succeed so bad. Like a 9-7 and seven record would be success for me for the Raiders, especially after last year. Um I, I really hope to see them just come up, dude, just to be really good, or at least contenders. Um, I love what they did with the draft. Not Maybe not their fourth overall pick, but I still love what they did with the, the draft as a whole. Um, their team's starting to look fierce. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see them go 9-7. and seven. That'd be perfect for me. I think that's fair, um, especially, you know, playing the Chiefs and the Chargers twice a year. That honestly might be four losses right there, to be completely honest, once again. But for me, 
as a Chiefs fan, I don't like seeing what the Raiders did this offseason. As a football fan, you have to absolutely love it due to the fact that they changed their entire offense in an offseason. In the draft, some people say they reached at pick four. Apparently, a lot of other teams were higher on Farrell than you know the, what the media was. But in the later rounds, that's where they really you know made some noise. Foster Moreau, Isaiah Johnson, Trayvon Mullen. I mean, these all these guys that you got, not necessarily you, but you know, you got leaders, you got game changers, you got people that are gonna come in and change that culture for Oakland. So for this year, nine and seven, I think, is a successful year. Placing third in the division, maybe even second if things go south for one of the other two teams that we have yet to talk about in this division. Like I said, as a Chiefs fan, I hate to see it because I know they're going to change and Gruden's actually going to make a difference. But as a football fan, you cannot help but love it because when the Raiders are good, I mean, there's just so much history. You know, all those stories come back. The Al Davis, you know, his son's finally getting everything <laughs> rolling in the direction of what he did and what he was. You just have to love it, but as a Chiefs fan, you don't, and you're just sitting here praying that everything falls apart and they've made the wrong decisions over and over. And now we go to Treese's favorite team in this division, the Los Angeles Chargers, because, of course, we all know the the amazing bet, what you're willing to lose, that Austin and, and Treese have with each other. So, Treese, how are you feeling about the Chargers? So good. Like, I actually – I feel more confident now than I do did two months ago when we made this bet. They are straight up going to win this division – they're going to the AFC Championship game against the Colts, and they're going to win it, and they're going to the Super Bowl. That's right, L.A. You're welcome. And honestly, honestly, fuck it. L.A., the other team couldn't pull it off in the Super Bowl. This team can. Chargers are winning the Super Bowl. All right. Philip Rivers is going out, in the, out on the sunset, and he's just walking and— I mean, everybody gets to wave and say goodbye to him, and then the, then moving forward, the Chiefs get their moment. There you go. See, I'm going to say this now before Austin goes on his spiel. I love it. I would love to see the Chargers in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to agree with that take. Austin, what do you got? Let's hear it. I mean, I would give it a bam, 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 <laughs> but it's just so full of fucking shit, I'm not even going to waste my time on it. <laughs> We all know it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> They're going to get the old injury bug, and the whole team's going to go down because they don't believe in vaccinations over there. And we're going to be sitting here like, wow, another promising year gone to waste because of a stupid throw or an errant injury. Welcome to the Chargers organization. Thank you. What is your thought on their success this year? I think it's, I, I literally think it's your turn. I think we just said our success. They're for me. They're going to the Super Bowl. For him, he says they're winning the division, and he says that Patrick Mahomes sucks. And um, <laughs> gonna have, I like, Patrick Mahomes sucks. Um, no, for real though. I think that I think that Bosa and Ingram are going to be one of the best tandems in football, and they're finally going to get talked like it. Nobody ever talks to like that. They are the best tandem as as pass rushers. I think their DBs are awesome, and I really, really believe that they win that division by two games. Okay, here we go. 
Los Angeles Chargers. They're a good team. They got a lot of promise. I like the Chargers. I really do. Now, here's my thing. I hate them because they're good right now, and I like their uniforms, and I like the players that they have, and they always compete against the Chiefs. So it always makes for a good game, and I usually just hate the way it ends as of late because of Bob Sutton's defense. It's going to be different this year, and I'm excited for it. Like Treese just said, they have a great defensive tandem there at pass rush. They only got better this offseason. Their secondary's pretty damn good. Linebackers, that's kind of an eh position. But other than that, they're pretty solid. On offense, they lost a weapon, but it doesn't matter when you have Keenum Allen, Mike Williams, and Melvin Gordon. Tight end, you don't really have anyone outside of that. You got Hunter, I know. Hunter's there, but he's been hurt. If he can be healthy, that looks like pretty promising tight end of the future for your organization. But like I just said in my little rant to Trees, you always catch the injury bug as the Chargers organization. Or Mahomes throws you out of a game. Or, excuse me, Phillip Rivers throws you out of a game. Get those things lined out, and you're good to go, and you're probably going to win the AFC West. Hopefully it's not by two games or any more than that if it is. But stay healthy and compete for a Super Bowl because Phillip Rivers isn't going to be there very much longer and you've already ruined the chance for Antonio Gates to get a Super Bowl or at least visit one, let Phillip Rivers have that because he deserves it, and he's been there for your franchise for years to come, even when you moved cities on him, and he still has <laughs> a wife that's pumping out children. I mean, I'm sure they're just running out of there right now. It's just like an egg. Just boop, bam, hit the floor running. There's a new kid. <laughs> as a San Diego, as a fan of the Chargers, excuse me, I don't know why they left San Diego. They should have just fucking stayed there. It's like... The Los Angeles Chargers just doesn't fit for me. I like how they've gone to their alternate jerseys, the baby blue. That's going to be amazing to see all this year. I hope they do that and then the white ones, and those are the only jerseys they wear because those are sick-looking freaking jerseys. The Chargers, to be successful, win the AFC West, find a way to the Super Bowl. 13-3. I'm going to end it there. All right, cool. Kansas City Chiefs, everybody. Let's do this. For me... I'll start us off. I mean, for me, it's make sure that you have a running game. Patrick Mahomes is only going to be better when you have a running game. He was better at the start of the year than he was at the end of the year because Hunt was there. And I truly believe that play action, getting Hill out there or their new wide receiver, using that speed, it's just going to make it even more dangerous. Success, obviously, the defense has got to improve. That's why they made the change. Austin talks about it every episode. I mean, they they were good in sacks and good on third down, but they were god-awful and everything else. I mean, for me, success is like being middle of the pack on defense. Like, you don't even have to be top five, top eight. Like, you just don't be at the bottom like how you've been the last couple of years. Um, and Mahomes, obviously, just continuing to grow and do what you did last year. Um, I still believe that he's going to go for about 35 touchdowns, about 16 interceptions, about 4,300 yards. That's kind of what I think that he's going to be this year. And that's fucking good. Like it's not going to look like it's as good because of what he did last year, but that's still an awesome season. And as much as Austin, I love to talk about this bet and everything we have. I mean, in honest, in all honesty, like, I'm shitting my pants on it because I think it's going to be an intense 
thing, and I think it's going to come down to the end. But um, I'm going to ha- I'm going to have them going 11 and five on the season and taking second. And I think the AFC wild card is going to be awesome between teams like Kansas City, Houston, the Bills, and hopefully my Jags. I think those four fighting for two final spots would be awesome. And who knows? They're still the AFC North. I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute, but. AFC is awesome this year. It is going to be a dogfight every single game. I think that we could be at like week 12 thinking that we have it all like understanding of who's making the playoffs. And by like week 14, it's all changed. Yeah. Um, I build on your defense, make them um, so much stronger than they have been. Just like you said, Trees. build on your defense. I think it's going to be just cutthroat between them and the Chargers. I still think that the Chiefs are somewhat of a younger team. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just needs to bounce back from his literally his MVP year. Um, just do as great as you can. And I know it, I, I don't like saying sophomore, and I mean, technically, it's just kind of not. Um, his second year is a full starter. Uh, just don't go on a slump. Keep doing really damn good. Um, take second in the division and stay alive in the playoffs. That's that's success for the Chiefs. So I'll be pretty cutthroat on this. The only way for the Chiefs to be successful this next year, get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's it. We've been talking about it for five years now. This is the year. You have Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you don't have Kareem Hunt anymore, but that's fine. Running backs under Andy Reid's system do well. Damian Wilson last year scored 14 touchdowns after Kareem Hunt was cut. That's a lot from a running back deep oh, yeah. into the playoffs as well. So, I mean, it matter. And then you added another one in the draft in the sixth round, and then you got another decent one in free agency, the undrafted free agent, right? So your running backs, they're not going to be the big bulky guys, but they're all guys that can catch the ball and make plays, and they're quick and fast. That's what Andy Reid loves at the running back position. They've bulked up on it again. Wide receiver, figure out what's going on with Tyree Kill. Keep Sammy Watkins healthy and Travis Kelsey Continue doing what you do, man. The offensive line, the left guard position looks to be solidified by an Andrew Wiley. The center position looks like it's going to be a battle between their seventh-round pick and Austin Reeder. Get that spot figured out, but your left tackle and your right tackle and your right guard are set. Figure out the other two interior positions, and your offense is pretty much the same as it was last year towards the end of the year. Don't let... Like, don't take your foot off the pedal. I mean, 100 miles an hour the whole year. I want to see 45 touchdowns, 4,800 yards, and about 11 interceptions. A lot of the ones that he, or some of the ones that he threw last year were usually at the end of a half or, you know, at the end of a game. Like that Rams game, the, the two interceptions that he had there, you know, both. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those bang-bang plays that happens. It counts as an interception, but it didn't feel like one of those true arid interceptions that you would see kind of from a Phillip Rivers where you're just like, a mistake on where you place the ball. Does that make sense? So with Mahomes, it's just growing off what you learned last year, staying in your playbook, continuing to read defenses, and then speaking of defense, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, Trees touched up on it. I've talked about it every episode. Get it figured out. Get it going. But the only way this year is going to be considered a success is if everyone's healthy and you keep doing what you've been doing and you make it to the Super Bowl because it's about damn time. I like it. All right, so that uh, that sums up. Oh, 
all the other AFC divisions. And now we get to talk about the AFC North. That's the division the Browns are in, but we'll save them for later. We'll save them for later. Let's, let's talk about the Bengals, just because I like to talk about the Bengals. What do you guys think success would be for the Bengals this year? Figure it out, man. <laughs> like, just figure out what your future is. Figure out where you want to go as a franchise. Your defense is getting better. The ninth pick that you had a couple of years ago, you picked the fastest wide receiver at the NFL Combine. Probably not the best decision since he hasn't played a full season yet. But that's the Cincinnati Bengals for you. You got a new era. You got a new coaching staff. Figure it out. Is Andy Dalton your future? Is he not? Are you getting a quarterback next year? Are you not? Find stepping stones to grow on because you're not going to compete in this division. That's already guaranteed. You know it. The coaches know it. The teams know it. Figure out what way you're going. A success is to not be the number one pick next year. And if you are, that's probably not a bad thing either because then you know you're getting a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I think next year... Get a top five pick. I mean, as terrible as that sounds, they're going to be the last in the division. Success for them comes in the draft next year as to what they're going to do to build their their team next offseason, see what they can do to solidify their team. I don't know what they're doing right now. They're confusing like they've always been to me. Um, I don't see Andy Dalton being their long-term guy, but get a top five pick in the draft next year. I think that this offense is going to be fun to watch. I think the problem is going to be their defense. I think Zach Taylor is going to make Andy Dalton a good quarterback. And I mean, I'm, I still think that they end up making a change next year, but I think that he, they can make him serviceable, I guess is the word I'm looking for. You have Joe Mixon. He's a stud. You're going to be pounding the rock with him. You got A.J. Green. I give him a lot of shit, but A.J. Green is awesome. He's a top five, six wide receiver in this league. Has been for a super long time. Um, Boyd came at t- Tyler Boyd came out of nowhere last year. Doing awesome. And like Austin said, if you can get anything out of John Ross at this point, like it's just success. And I could see them easily trying to use John Ross the way the Rams used Robert Woods last year. So I'm with you guys. I still think they take a last in the division. But for me, success is Zach Taylor going through the learning curves of being a head coach. Not everybody has success the first year as a head coach. So let him go through the learning curves. And then if you need to get a new quarterback and get your guy, so be it. But at least then the rest of your offense knows the style that you want to play and how everything goes. Cool. All right. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the Steelers here. For me, I've been on record here. I think that they are fighting for this division I think that they actually have the same record as the division winner, but I think that they just don't have the head-to-head wins, so they actually don't make the playoffs because of that. But I think Big Ben has a monster year because he wants to prove everyone that it's the success over the years has been because of him and not because of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I think he's going to make it a point to make it so... Juju has an awesome year. I think guys like James Washington are going to come out of nowhere this year and have monster seasons. And Connor Connor was amazing at the start of last year and then really died off, and a lot of that was due to injury. I think that he stays healthy this year and has monster year 
huge numbers makes everybody forget about Le'Veon Bell. For me, the defense is always the question mark. It was awesome that they got Devin Bush to take over that Shazier spot. And I think their defensive line is still good, but it's getting older. And it's just for me, let's see if they can keep up throughout the entire year and not slow down at the end of the year. I'll agree with that 100%. Show that you can still be a competitive team after losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. You kind of remained that way last year, you know, without Bell, but Antonio Brown is a game changer, and he did do that plenty of times for you last year. Your defense showed that your secondary has grown and gotten better. Your pass rush is still pretty freaking good. Seems to always be that way with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so you got to love it in a sense, kind of not really as a Chiefs fan. But i got to stop saying I'm a Chiefs fan. Everyone knows it. Pittsburgh Steelers, show that you can still be competitive in that division without those two playmakers and that you can grow from it like you have done time and time before. And show that Ben Roethlisberger is still your guy. Okay? So there's not any way anyone can say he was only really good because Antonio Brown was able to come down with these type of catches instead of... And then let it be Antonio Brown was only making these catches because Ben Roethlisberger was putting the ball where no one else could get Make sense? Beautiful. So for them to be successful, it's placing second in that division or even winning the division and remaining a top threat in the AFC. Yeah, I think couldn't agree more with both of you. It's hard to come up with new uh, new things at the end here. But it's a prove-it year for Ben. Um, just like you guys said, show that he's still big Ben Roethlisberger. He's the guy for the Steelers. Um, still has a couple years left in him to just crank out another run to the Super Bowl, win the win the division, do what they can. This year, I see them taking second or a third, probably second in the division. Um, just and also to prove for Mike Tomlin that he's still at the helm and in control of that Steelers team. And that's enough for the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next. It's a team I'm actually kind of excited to, to talk about is the Ravens. Um, their defense was up for question as they went throughout the offseason, still picked up some decent players. Um, but I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown, see how they're able to um, complement each other. Um, I want Lamar to not get injured um, and do really well at his position. I'm rooting for Lamar. He's one of the few quarterbacks, even though he's in the division. I just want to see him be insanely successful uh, this year in that division. I think that they're going to be fighting for first place with the Browns. The Ravens, just be a contender this year. Help Lamar Jackson find his role and what he can be comfortable doing without you know tearing an ACL, breaking a leg, hurting his shoulder, doing something that could completely ruin his play style like his backup RG3. So just build on Lamar. Again, I'll agree with you 100% there, boys. Freaking killing it right now. Either that or we just think alike, and great minds think a lot, create great things, and boys, that's what we're doing here at Talking Football. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I kind of like it, so here we go. Uh, anywho, Baltimore Ravens, I guess so. <laughs> For uh, Lamar Jackson, figure out the type of quarterback he's going to be. Figure out your game plan, your style of play with him, and then let your defense get rebuilt. You lost a lot of key players this offseason to other teams because you weren't willing to pay them or necessarily couldn't afford them. 
I've seen this look from Trees, and I wanted to want to know why he's giving it to me because they just lost a key pass rusher, uh, a huge voice in their locker room, and then a key piece at the middle linebacker position. Who's the huge voice? Terrell Suggs. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think of Suggs. So keep going. Sorry. Okay. So uh, thank you. Uh-huh. But anywho, find a way to win, stay competitive. Your offense has changed. Your team has changed. Your culture has changed. Continue to grow off of that. You're definitely going to be better than the Bengals. Find a way to be better than the Pittsburgh. Because I believe that's who you're going to be fighting for to win that division. All right. Doug, you said that the uh, Steelers were going to take second place. And then you said that the Ravens were going to be fighting for first place. So I guess that means you're thinking that your Browns are going to take third? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. No, I'm basing it off success. We're not okay. talking about real predictions. It's success for the teams. All right, all right. So here's the deal. Ravens are winning this division. Um, their offense only got better. Like, they got more weapons. They're going to have Lamar Jackson for the entire year. They're having an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to work around what Jackson can do, just like how he Roman Roman did during the uh, years in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick. The defense, yes, it lost Mosley. It did lose a good pass rusher. Yes, you mentioned the voice in Suggs, but... They brought in a stronger voice in Earl Thomas. So I think that the defense, honestly, besides Mosley, might be better than it was last year. The offense is way better than it was last year. And the Ravens are winning this division and walking into the playoffs as the number three seed. Yep. That shit's wow. happening. Wow. That shit's happening. Bam, bam, bam. So there's your talk to me now segment. Why are the Ravens going into the freaking playoffs as a three seed? Damn straight. Because, uh, that means they beat the ultimate best team in the world to Doug, Cleveland, dog pound, shitty ass Browns. So, Doug, I just want you to go ahead and get started on what you think the success is for the Browns and then just allow me and Trees to tear down what you just built. So, go ahead, man. Okay, Uh, so listen, the Cleveland Browns, nobody's had hope in that organization for how long? I don't even know, man. I've been a fan 19 plus years now at this point, never felt this way before a season. They look really good on paper, really good on paper. They haven't won a game yet, so... I'm not going to be like all the Cleveland Browns fans. Not all of them, but most of them, especially on Twitter where people are saying they'll go 13-3, and 12-4. No, I don't think that. But I think a successful season for them is for Freddie Kitchens to be able to find his ground as a head coach. I think the first couple games are going to be pretty rough for him. I know that they'll have, of course, four games preseason, figure things out, but that's not where it really counts. I think the first couple games are going to be a prove it. He has control. He's able to make the right play calls. Um, that's what he did last year towards the end of the year when Greg entered in as interim head coach. He started to make the play calls. The Browns got significantly better. Um, coming into this year, 
He's stacked. They have a ton of weapons. Later on in the year, Kareem Hunt will be in the backfield too to make a three-headed dragon for them. Um, receivers stacked. I absolutely love Najoku working on his run block. Darcy called him out for working on his run blocking. Um, so hopefully he comes in. I do see the Browns winning this division as long as Freddie Kitchens can get his feet under him as the head coach and Steve Wilkes can get a heavy, heavy defensive hit going for him as they build up their defense. Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator. He has a lot of weapons to play with. So scheme right, everything right. The Browns go 10-6, and six, win the division. Do they win a playoff game? No, I don't see them winning a playoff game. Making it to the playoffs? Oh, yeah, totally. But winning a playoff game, not at all. So, Doug, I'm going to jump in right here and say, and I'm sure you heard as you were editing our last episode, these guys both said eight wins for you guys last year, or for this upcoming year. And then I jumped in and said, well, they went eight, seven, and one last year. Had it wrong. But they seven, only have you guys. One. Right, seven, yes. One. So they have you with a one-game one upgrade this year. I think what you just explained makes a lot of sense, but... I do feel like Austin and Treese are about to unload. Let's sit back and let's hear their reasoning. Try and stay calm. Ten and six is the best they can do. Nine and seven is also realistic too. But you guys tear in whatever you want. The Browns are winning the division. Screw both of you. I don't like the way you're going about this. You're trying to like make it not as hard. You're like, oh yeah, they're only gonna go nine and seven. Like ten and six. You're not fucking winning the division at nine and seven, bro. Hey, mm-hmm. I said at best ten and I'm six. Winning at they can win the division. Ten and six either. Yes, you can. If you're winning division at ten and six, your division sucks ass. And the AFC North does not suck that much ass. Exactly. So here's the deal. Bill <laughs> Beckham is Hold a on. Very- Hold on. Austin, you just said you can't win the AFC North at 10 and 6. Who won the AFC North last year? The Ravens did. Yeah. What was their record? 11 and 5. 10 and 6. What? It was 10 and 6. Well, I guess you had a shitty division. I guess you got a shitty division. <laughs> yeah, they they were they won it at 10 and 6 and they played Joe Flacco for 7 games. Boom, there's my backup. Way to go, Trees. <laughs> What were you saying? What I was saying is Odell Beckham is a pretty damn good football player. You wonder what he's done for the Giants? Zero playoff wins. Zero playoff wins. So what? It, why is he the difference maker of 7-9 and nine to fucking 12-2? and 15? I never said OBJ was a, the difference maker. Who is that? Like, what? What has made them? What is the difference between them going from third place to first place? What? What's the difference maker for you? How they start off their season? Baker's when they start out, when they start out one and three, they're not going to start out one and three. They they lose to the Titans. They beat the Jets. They lose to the Rams. They lose to the Ravens. That's one and three. They don't lose to the Ravens the first game. Garen, no. What do you want? They do. What do you want to lose? All right, when we get to that point, we'll make the bet. I'll make You're the there bet right now. You're, right You're now. there. We're here. We're, we're okay, the well, let's let's do the same thing when you guys did the Chargers and Chiefs. Let's put it to a vote on Twitter. What are we willing to lose? Oh, yeah. Can't wait. 
good. We. I, I hope that our fans aren't buying into this fucking <laughs> shit that the Browns are doing right now. So here's the thing, though, is like. Olivia Vernon, he's not very good at football anymore. That's why the Giants let him go. Like, he's not very good. Like, he's it's not. It's still an upgrade. Yeah, but, I mean, your offensive line isn't as good as it was last year. By, like, one player. By one player? That's 20%, bro. <laughs> but you do realize, though, they're having Austin Corbett come in. You know Austin Corbett at all? No, I don't. But I just... I don't see how you I, – I guess I'm trying to get the answer from you. What is the difference on their team that gets them from third place in the division to winning the division? I, I, I guess I want to hear that from you. Coaching staff – or wait, what, Austin? I feel like I can answer that. It's going to be Kareem Hunt. No. <laughs> I'm being serious. Hey, I mean, listen, Kareem Hunt – You have Bradley – we, yes. It's Nick yes. Chubb, not Bradley Chubb. Well, same fucking Chubb, okay? You got a running back named Chubb. Get Duke on Chubster. Duke Johnson. Duke, Duke Johnson's Johnson. gone, all right? Unless you're going to have him be your white from the Patriots. You know what I mean? So, Unless he's going to play that role. Hold on, Riley, here. Kareem Hunt is your running back. You got OBJ. That opens up the passing game and the running game. I don't know why I'm defending Doug all of a sudden, but those are huge game changes for an offense and a first-time head coach, Freddie Kitchens, who's also calling your offensive plays, correct? Yeah, listen, my my reason, real quick, is 100% coaching staff and the locker room. Last year, starting out the season, even though we had, I mean, Jarvis Landry was awesome. I was so glad we got him. Not that that was going to be a crazy difference maker, but it changed the locker room. Baker Mayfield comes in, changes the locker room. Those first games, until Baker started, or not started, but until Baker came into the Jets game, it, it felt amazing. Like, everything changed in an instant. But while Hugh Jackson was still there, even with Baker as a starter, it felt like the same old Browns. I was like, this is just going to keep happening. We lose a heartbreaker. Lose the, we gave the Raiders their first win. Like, it was, it didn't feel good. Once Hugh Jackson left, everything changed. The locker room changed. The coaching staff is insanely better this year. Todd Munkin, this is a prove-it year for him. Do I see him being the OC next year for the Browns? No. I see him going to be a head coach somewhere. But he's going to be a really good OC this year. He's going to do really well with the Browns on all the weapons that he's been given. It'll be a prove-it year for him. So it's not just that OBJ came in, Olivier Vernon. I mean, Sheldon Richardson's a very good upgrade because there wasn't really much in DT. Everything for the Browns right now has been an upgrade, both in morale and players. But OBJ is not the difference maker. And I've never said that. Doug, I, I've always felt you had more, con definitely in the coaching staff, but the fact that you get Baker starting, hopefully, all 16 games, right? I mean, he came in, and as you said, like I was very impressed with what he did as a rookie, but just the fact you get him from game one, I think, I think Doug's got some reason to hope. Austin and Therese just seem very unamused by this whole thing. What are you guys thinking? I just think this division is tough, and I just don't think that this team is going to be able to keep up with them. The Ravens and Steelers have been there before. You have a, you keep bringing up the first-time head coach in Kitchens. I don't. I think that they're going to be able to figure him out. 
I just think that they've now had an off season to see the type of offense that he wants to run for half of the season. I think that Steelers defense and Ravens defense are good enough to slow those guys down. And I truly don't believe that the Browns defense is going to be that good. And I think that losing peppers is actually a big deal. I Ward, Ward, you already know, has concussion problems. If he misses time, then you're counting on Greedy Williams, a guy you're not high on, to be guarding the number one wide receivers. And now you also lost who you thought was your best safety. So, I mean, you're counting, you're you're relying on a lot from guys that are injury prone in Odell and in Ward, and I just don't see that combination with a rookie quarterback winning a division for the first year. That's just me. And I could see that, especially with the injury and prone injury prone players. The only thing is though with Baker and why I love him so much is he can make any receiver look good. I mean, he made Brashard Perriman look good last year. He made Damian Ratley all of a sudden look good when he sucked at the beginning of the year and couldn't catch a single pass from Tyrod. He started to make Antonio Callaway look a lot better than what he did at the beginning of the year. So regardless of who's going to be there, yeah, Baker to OBJ to Jarvis, Higgins even, Richard Higgins, Baker made look good. Who'd never looked good. All of a sudden, Higgins and Baker has chemistry. And so back to way earlier why Baker was the only good choice for the Browns in that draft was because of the chemistry and relationship he builds in that locker room, which just immediately amps up the rest of the team. Do I have a turn now? Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is a prove-it year, all right? Freddie Kitchens, he's going to prove that he can be a head coach. Baker Mayfield is going to prove that he is the guy. He's going to have to do that again, all right? Last year was all brand-new everything for the Browns. New culture, new head coach start of the season, new quarterback, new quarterback again with Baker stepping in, your first win in however freaking long it was for Cleveland. This is still a prove-it year for everyone. It's a prove-it year that having Javaris Landry and Odell is going to be good for your team. With Baker Mayfield as your quarterback and David Njoku at end, with not Bradley Chubb, Nick Chubb, thank you, and Kareem Hunt as your running backs. That's a pretty solid offense. Yes, you lost an offensive lineman. Like you said, you have another one coming in, though. That's a lot of ego. That's a lot of voices in your locker room when things are going well. What happens when things go bad? Is Odell still going to act up on the sideline? Is Jarvis going to take too much of a leadership role? How is Freddie Kitchens going to handle all of that? We've seen how this thing goes in the AFC North with the Steelers. How does it get handled with the Browns? Their defense, Trees touched up on it. You're still young there. You still got a lot of learning. You have really one safety, and you have a corner who has injuries, and then you have another rookie corner who you're not high on, like Tree said once again. This next season is learning how to win, learning how to face adversity, and then learning to be the Cleveland Browns now and overcoming who you were in the past. So this, be successful, is finding promise in your future, not looking to win now, thinking that you're going to win the division and eventually go into the playoffs and compete for Super Bowl. Because if you do, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. There's too much going on right now. 
and a change for things that just hit the ground running, like I've said earlier in the episode. This is a building year. If you play second in the division, be happy. Be the happiest guy in the freaking world because next year and the year after that and the year after that, you're looking pretty damn good as John Dorsey continues to build your defense and the rest of your offense for you. That was nice of you to say on that, build on that, and build on that four times because Odell specified that he was only going to be there for five years. So I like that, Austin. That was a nice little touch. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Odell also claiming that he's going to win Super Bowls, I mean, I said this last episode, but it just makes it even more like relevant for me like guys talking about super bowl wins before they even make the playoffs i mean it's 2011 eagles all over again it is it's 2011 eagles i'm sorry doug hey now the last thing i want to hear is somebody giving a player crap for saying that they're gonna make it to the super bowl before they actually make it to the super bowl (laughs) i mean my 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 guy did it when he made it to the afc championship at least he waited until then But still, I mean, he, he wasn't there. I what mean, next wor- year? worry, worry about 500 record first, bud. Worry about getting to 500, winning half of your games. Half wait, wait, wait. Worry okay, I get first. that. You're, I get, I get it. Hold up. Worry about half. Just don't even, don't even. Worry out, of, about out of our teams, I guess not true. Because Lions and Jags screw Austin's really great team that's gonna go to the Super Bowl. Who had the? Who did the best last year? Oh, I, I'm well aware you did, but I also didn't have this one team didn't have a quarterback and missed five offensive linemen out and a running back out. I mean, let, let's let's do that same thing to your team and see what happens. OK, well, we're the we were the Browns. See, you're using that as an excuse, bro. You can't. It's you, been an excuse since they came back to the league. I know, and you got to stop doing that. Like, just be like, you got to be the fan that's like, yeah, I'm a Browns fan. Like, not like, because now what you're doing is when you're losing, you're like, yeah, well, we're just the Browns. Like, we're just the Browns. Like, it, it's it's an excuse. It's like an out that I don't like. Like, just be like, be like, yes, like I'm the I'm a Browns fan. Yeah, it sucks. We're in a rut. We're we're not winning games. But don't be like, yeah, but we're the Browns. Okay. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I said, but I was a lot nicer about it. So you're welcome. <laughs> so, but but here's the thing, though, is like, so over the course of the last 10 years, not like, let's say before, I mean, even now, like, let's just say the last, the last 10 years, the Jags don't have that many more wins than the Browns over the course of the last 10 years. No. I mean, the Jags had a top six pick for like seven years in a row. So it's not like the Jags have been doing that much better than the than the Browns. I know, but there's when it comes to the Browns right now, there's two sides of it. There's not just the neutral side. I'm trying to remain as neutral as I can because I don't want my hopes crushed. Because I hate to say it, they're the Browns. I don't want my hopes crushed. I really want them to have a good year. Ten and six is a good year. The last time they did that, Derek Anderson was their quarterback. They didn't make the playoffs. Which also, Derek Anderson just retired. Congratulations. Good job, guys. Totally. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, seriously, though. I'm Brown's gonna... legend. Brown's legend. Um, but no, there's like two sides of it. Either you're super stoked for the Browns or you immediately take a shit on the Browns. And not that you guys have taken a shit by any means. Like, I'm not saying you guys have. But let a fan base be happy. No, nobody's saying don't be happy. I, I... didn't say neither of you said that. Right. You guys haven't taken a shit. Yeah, so actually what I want from you is actually to pick a side because you're not picking a side. <laughs> like, that's what I want from you. Because, like, you're just like, uh, 
maybe nine and seven. I don't know, but I think they're going to win the division. Be like, hey, they're winning the fucking division at eleven and five or eleven and five. No, ten and six. six. That's fine. Then that's what I said. Yeah, and then you said, or maybe nine and seven. Like, just say a number and be like, that's fucking what it is. Last year, I want them to go nine and seven. They almost had a five hundred season, and that's what I wanted. And that's what I would say. That seemed so lofty at the time, too. Because I do yeah. remember those, Doug. And uh, in the early stages of talking football, these are the types of conversations that I envisioned. This is just awesome. Keep it going. <laughs> so, Doug, pick a side. <laughs> so, anyways, Doug, I think your team takes third in the division. But I still think they win 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I think they do better than last year. So, that's where I'm at. They're taking third in the division. <laughs> no, it'll be between them and the Ravens, but they'll win 10-6. and six. Okay, I love it. Okay, I like it. Austin, you're shaking your head. You got one more thing you want to say here? I just think they go 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. I mean, I'm not going to give them a double-digit win season. There's too much to grow on. You got a tough schedule. You're in a tough division. 10-6 and six looks kind of difficult with the Browns right now where they're at. I mean, we were a field goal kicker away last year from having double-digit wins. And what are you this year? About seven egos in your offense who are really high when they're going good, and boy, do they hit freaking rock bottom when things are not going good. And we've seen it from all of them. Yep, exactly. So that's why I'm just saying, how is Freddie Kitchens going to handle that while being the offensive coordinator and the head coach in his first year? Yeah, I, I, I said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this, that I actually pref- I would actually feel better about the, the Browns if they would have gotten a more established head coach and kept Kitchen as the OC. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't give Greg Williams the head coaching job. Not and that I wanted him to, more but... Head coach, I don't mean Greg Williams. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm surprised they didn't because he did show success at the end of the year, but they would have needed a new guy at, like, D.C. bad because I hate Greg Williams' defensive coordinator job. But he didn't do bad as a head coach. No, he actually didn't. I was actually very surprised on how well he handled that, like, when he got it because I was pretty shocked when they gave it to him. So, But I'm with you. He, he actually did pretty damn well. So. Yeah, he did well as a head coach. As a defensive coordinator, there was no way he was going back to that position. And I, so, I'm glad that he didn't. So, Doug, who is the Cleveland Browns leader? Baker. And, Austin, that concerns you, that a second-year quarterback can lead all these guys. It's a fair, it's a fair concern. No, it's not, it's not him. It's the fact that you have Odell coming in, who's been a top guy. You have Landry coming in, who's been a top guy. You have David Njoku, who's developing into a very threatening tight end and one that could become one of the best in the NFL if all goes right. Doug, you're welcome. And then you have two solid running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are both versatile. That's a lot to handle, yes, as a second-year quarterback, but also as a first-year head coach with so many type with so many egos on your team that are used to being successful and being the guy for their team. Who figures that out now that they're here? I mean, it's like with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch going to Miami that first year. It was not all, you know, sunshine and roses and we're the best. Or the, yeah, they're going to win seven championships. They made it to four. They went to the first one and fell apart. And you talk to them now in interviews, and they all say it was the hardest time of my life because we didn't know how to handle it, and we didn't know who was the true leader and when to step up and when to step back. Or when to step back. 
And that's exactly where the Browns are. I'm not saying they're the 2011 Miami Heat and the big three is the same as what the Browns have now, but they have a lot of talent, and it takes time to figure that out. And it's hard to do that in a 16-game span in the NFL with the first-year head coach in a division that you're in with teams that are very experienced on both sides of the ball except for the Ravens at the quarterback position. Yeah. They still have to find a way to beat Big Ben, right? Had they beat, how many times did they beat Big Ben? No, not a lot. I don't even want to know. I was really excited this last year because I thought they were going to, but, you know, yeah. they ended like, in a tie. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Um, I think that's everything, boys. That's uh, That was a good episode. Um, Doug, <laughs> we, uh, we like you. We're sorry. We're sorry. Nothing personal. But, all right, cool. Everybody, thanks for joining in and listening to us. And tonight we've been talking football.